0: You are listening to Defunct Games Presents, Cyril Reads, Blaster Master. Meet Jason. Recently, he lost his pet frog. Jason chased after Fred, you know, the frog, and discovered a creepy old swamp. For long, he decided to jump down a huge hole because maybe, just maybe, that's where his frog went. That's right, he jumped down a huge hole. But it's a good thing he did, because he met an alien girl named Eve, who was on Earth collecting samples for her home planet. Unfortunately, Eve inadvertently brought an evil group of Plutonium monsters with her. Thankfully, Jason and Eve have a special car, Sophia the Will this odd couple be able to defeat the evil monsters and save the world? find out on another exciting episode of Cyril Reed's Blaster Master. Chapter 10 <laughs> Jason moaned. He had gone unconscious, and for a moment he had forgotten why. The second blast reminded him. It hurt like crazy. He scrambled to his feet and turned tiny metal machine was rolling towards him. It was shaped like a gumdrop, except Jason had never seen a gumdrop with a gun turret on its head. Jason fired a quick blast from his laser gun. (laughs) Boop! Came the muffled explosion. You are now an ex-gumdrop, pal, he said. Keeping his gun out, he continued onward. He turned a sharp corner and vanquished two other gumdrop robots to the hedge, hinging towards a narrow corridor. At the end, he had to take a sharp left. There the path was cut off by a cement block wall. Piece of cake, he said to himself, blasting the way through. Just as he expected some of the blocks containing weapon capsules, he stopped for each one absorbing the energy into the suit. He wasn't sure what he was going to do with that energy, or how he was going to transfer it to Sophia the control board, but he'd worry about that later. The pathway was blocked by more walls, and Jason blasted through every one of them. Finally, he came to the other side of the cavern and realized that he had come all this way to see. Another door! With an exasperated grunt, Jason kicked open the door. Clang, clang, clang! It felt as if someone were banging a gong in his ear. He cringed and backed towards the wall. Greetings, my friend! You made it! Came the same booming voice Jason and Eve had heard before. Jason looked around. But there was nothing but an empty chamber. What's the matter? You you ran out of rhymes? He asked out loud, mustering up all of his bravery. It's different to feel poetic, what I'm preparing to kill. The words sent a shiver up Jason's spine. Oh, I'm not afraid of you, he retorted. He was lying. My robots weren't afraid of you, and look at what happened to them. I have had enough of your kind. Prepare to die. Jason lifted his laser gun. Easy for you to say, swamp breath. A low rumble began. It seemed to come from within the walls and below the ground. Jason thought it was an earthquake, but as the noise got louder, he realized he was wrong. It was laughter, sinister, ugly laughter that sliced through Jason like a knife. Where are you? He cried out. He was starting to shake. I'll get you, plutonium boss. The laughter became a wild, bellowing cackle. Jason whirled around, trying to spot something, anything. Then the chamber fell into darkness. The laughter swelled louder. Jason couldn't stand it another minute. He reared back his head and let out a scream that ripped his vocal cords. No! And when he opened his eyes, he was momentarily blinded. But in that flash of light, he had glimpsed his enemy. The sight alone was almost enough to make him pass out. He covered his eyes and staggered backwards. He couldn't think, couldn't barely move. And even when he wasn't looking, he could feel it coming towards him. I'll let you take one more glance, said his enemy, and then... I shall blow you off the face of the earth. Chapter 11 Jason slumped to the ground. He tried to take his arms away from his face, struggling to look at the dreadful thing before him. Suddenly, he was yanked off his feet. He flew in the air and landed several feet away. His head throbbed. His body was screaming with pain, he grasped for breath that had been knocked out of him. He could no longer afford to cover his eyes, he had to see what was attacking him. Lifting his aching head, he looked straight at his adversary for the first time. His body tensed with shock. It wasn't the glare, his eyes had adjusted to that, it was the sheer ugliness. One minute, it looked like an enormous, bloated mass of animal blubber. The next minute, it looked like a picture of a tumor Jason had seen in the magazine once. But it was alive. Its lumpy skin palpitating, like a human heart. Limp feelers hung like hairs of a scraggly beard. Its color was a putrid greenish-yellow as it throbbed. It turned to red and gave out a groaning sound, along with a sickening squish, squish. Fireballs orbited around at a lightning speed. They came within inches of Jason, and he scrambled away. He realized it must have been one of those that had thrown him into the air. Oh, I have a little laser fire, you you mutant, Jason said. He aimed his gun and pulled the trigger. The laughter welled up again. What was that? Did, did I feel a change in the wind? The mutant blob thundered. Jason fired again and again, and each time the laser ricocheted off the invisible shield formed by the orbiting fireballs. As long as Jason was outside the orbit, he knew his shots would never penetrate. Would he be able to get inside the orbit? Would that even work? There was only one way to find out. Stepping quickly, Jason walked towards the mutant. The fireball's orbit changed constantly, rising and falling. Sometimes it was at eye level, sometimes it rose high into the air. He waited patiently for the right moment, watching the fireball's whoosh by a building speed. When the moment was right, he rushed in. Blue! 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 This time, the shots met their mark, the blob glowing, bright white, and swelled. It let out a high-pitched squeal. Jason was inches away from it now. He could feel the intense heat through his suit. Behind him, the fireballs were changing orbit, the flames were beginning to lick at the helmet. He turned around and dove into the air. With a perfect commando roll, he landed on the ground and ran safely away. I have been too nice to you, the creature boomed. Now I shall crush you like a mosquito. Pulsing furiously, the blob came closer. Jason jumped away. His back slammed against the dirt wall. He slid against the wall, moving to the right. The creature came after him. Jason groped with his hands, not daring to turn around. Hoping to feel the corridor open, he never did. Instead, he found a corner. Uh Uh-oh! Was all he could say. The creature roared with laughter. Feeling cozy, I hope? There was no place to go but forward. Jason lunged towards the creature, screaming with a war cry at the top of his lungs, Die, Plutonium Boss, die! He barely missed being clobbered with fireballs. Stepping inside of its orbit, he let loose with a mirage of laser fire. The creature swelled and glowed bright white. Screeching, it tried to move away. It twisted and lurched and attempted to pull the fireballs inward. Jason copied it, move for move. His gritted teeth showed bright white within his helmet. His index finger clamped tightly onto the trigger. Now the creature was frantic. When it swelled, it gave off a horrendous odor. Like the swamp. Its raging skin bubbled at Jason, charring his sleeves. With an ear-splitting crash, Jason was hurled backwards. Once again, he slammed against the wall. Intense pain ripped through his body, followed by naked terror. A fireball must have hit him from behind thought he had heard an explosion. It was probably the ring of pain in his ear. The plutonium boss would be mad. Real mad. And this time there would be no mercy. He bolted upright and faced the creature. Gripping the gun with two arms, he held it rock steady and shot blindly. The laser streaked across the room and buried itself into the opposite wall. Jason dropped his arms. The room was empty. He could see the air pulsing with the spent energy of a destroyed radioactive mutant. I... I did it! Jason whispered, as if trying to convince himself. Then louder, I did it! He dropped to his knees and began shaking with uncontrollable laughter. I, Jason Frutnick, killed the plutonium boss! He ran through the door and ran back through the other chamber. When he saw another gumdrop robot, he vanquished it with a behind-the-back shot. At the other end, he opened the door and stepped onto a ledge. All he had to do now was find Eve. Maybe that wouldn't be too hard. He fired a laser beam into the air, tracing the wide circle. He did it to the left and to the right. If Eve were looking for him, she would surely see it. He was right. Within minutes, Sophia III appeared on the ledge above him. As he stepped back into the doorwell, Eve maneuvered the vehicle onto the ledge. Her door flew open. Any luck? she asked. Did you get some weapon power? Jason grinned triumphantly. Oh, we're not going to need it. I-, I beg your pardon, Eve said eyeing him curiously, bubbling with excitement, Jason grabbed her arms. Eve, I got him. Got him? A look of astonishment washed across Eve's face. You you don't mean you killed the plutonium boss. That's exactly what he means, came an earth-shaking voice. Jason felt his stomach clench. The cavern shook with the plutonium boss's grim, And now, an open letter to A.L. Singer, author of Blaster Master. Hello, A.L. Singer. So, I'm sitting here, just uh, completed reading chapters 10 and 11, and I can't help but actually care about these characters. Uh, I've been skeptical this whole time, but these two chapters weren't half bad. It just goes to show what you can accomplish when you drop all the lame jokes and all that crap about Eve constantly getting popular phrases wrong. At this point, I actually think that she knows these phrases, but it's just talking down to us. Like, you or things are so stupid, so I'm going to get your ridiculous language wrong. Yeah, that's a, that's what I think's going on. Well, I'm finding that I have very little to complain about this episode. I'm completely satisfied with these chapters, much uh, much more than anything else I've I've read in your crummy book. Uh, it, it's like that episode of Ninja Gaiden when the narrative switched to reuse Dad, and and all of a sudden we were told what he was doing right before he got kidnapped. That was really good writing, it was compelling, and and it didn't feel cheap or anything. That's how I feel about these chapters. I'm a little sad that you didn't keep the rhyming bit for the big boss, but you know what, definitely satisfied by the outcome. I also like the ending, which thankfully doesn't have anything to do with our hero falling down. You set up a cliffhanger that I actually want to stick around for. We, we know that the Plutonium boss isn't dead, that's a given. But it sets up all sorts of other questions that I, that I have, like uh, what hoops is the big boss gonna, gonna have our heroes jump through, and uh, will we find any more of these candy-themed bad guys, like maybe uh, a Snickers punch or a, a jawbreaker cannonball. And, and most importantly, uh, will Jason ever be reunited with the love of his life? Unfortunately for us, the love of his life is a pet frog. What a loser. I can barely remember his name from week to week. And you know, the story is headed towards like a romantic love story between the dude and his alien girlfriend. You can only hope that Eve is one of those aliens that kills the guy right after mating, like right? in the movie Species. As, as far as I'm concerned, uh, she would be doing the human race a favor then again, with all the nuclear waste he's fighting through, he'll be dead within a year. Speaking of dead, I, I see that Walter Cronkite died earlier today. Uh, I don't know why I mention it. I guess it, it's just all of this, this thinking I've been doing about all these people that have been dying, like uh, Betty Page died, Farrah Fawcett, uh, Stan Winston, uh, Billy Mays, that chick who played Vampira, uh, and of course Michael Jackson. It just hits, you know, just hits. I don't know. It makes makes me want to just go out and, and do whatever I can, live life to the fullest. But first, I have to finish reading your book, and I'll continue that next week. Until then, I'll see you. Zero LaShop.